You don't really need to know, or probably should. I'm Kira Revan, and this, this is the Sunday Seven. In today's episode, we hear stories of a potential breakthrough in addiction treatment. Meta is facing a serious fine over data, and the world is running out of sand. But first, it was on this day in 2003, the first cloned horse was born in a natural delivery. It was also the first cloned mammal born to its genetic mother. It may read like something out of Moby Dick, but in this case, the truth is stranger than fiction. Off the coast of Spain and Portugal, there's a vengeful killer whale getting her own back on boats, and she's teaching others how to do it too. There have been dozens of orca attacks in the Strait of Gibraltar since 2020, in which the beasts ram boats targeting their rudders and often causing serious damage. Scientists now think one traumatised orca may have sparked the phenomenon. Rafael Martinez is just one sailor who's been involved in such encounters. He spent 30 years sailing the seas with his wife, so they're not really shaken, but they describe the encounter as a terrifying experience. Suddenly, I felt a jolt. The boat spun around 180 degrees and was facing north. That was when my wife spotted the orcas. The first thing I did was radio the Coast Guard for help. Because when an animal that massive attacks your boat and you don't know how long it's going to go on, anything could happen. Orcas are predators that can weigh up to seven tons. With their size and strength, they can push boats around the water like toys and cause immense damage. Scientists prefer to call the events encounters, but Rafael Martinez and others who've been involved are calling them attacks. So the question is, why are the orcas doing this? Rafael's sailing partner, Dori Fernandez, has a theory. Something's been done to them that's completely destabilized them. It was as if they'd gone completely crazy. Other locals say the competition for food is making the orcas aggressive. The marine animals and the fishers both hunt for bluefin tuna. Well, researcher Ezequiel Andreu estimates that there are only about 40 Iberian orcas left, so protecting this endangered species is top priority. It's very difficult to find the cause. The orcas aren't telling us. But what we can say with a high probability is that it's related to a variety of interactions with humans. We think it's a learned behaviour over time, which is passed on to the rest of the group. Some researchers believe that a female orca called White Gladys has been hell-bent on revenge after being traumatised by a collision with a boat or being trapped in illegal fishing nets. Gladys's attacks are now being copied by the rest of the killer whale population, which have learned how to ram vessels from their ringleader. But sailors take little comfort from this explanation. Sailor Rafael Martinez fears if nothing is done, one day an orca might be killed. If your boat and your life are in danger, then you defend yourself. I feel sorry for the orcas, but if it's a question of their life or my life, then I choose mine. But it should never come to that. We need studies and solutions to the problem. You may have heard of people taking prescription injections like Ozempic and Monjaro to lose weight, even though they're meant to treat diabetes. A new study recently published shows these drugs might even go further than that in improving someone's health. Patients on these drugs reported they drank less alcohol or quit smoking whilst taking the drug. Others say it cured things like obsessive shopping and nail-biting and other bad habits. So some people are asking, did scientists accidentally invent an anti-addiction drug?
Well, it's really uncertain right now. This is the voice of Dr. Achana Sadu, an endocrinologist from Houston, Texas. She joined Elizabeth Vargas on News Nation to weigh in on the topic. Um, I can say that there's some early animal studies in uh, rats, mice, and even monkeys that suggest that these drugs do have effects in the parts of the brain that control reward. And so with that, we can kind of uh, propose a mechanism, but it really hasn't been studied or proven well in humans. And in fact, there's two clinical trials ongoing right now to study them for alcohol and nicotine use. So we will find out more. One patient who took Ozempic for weight loss said it was like a switch in her brain and as if by magic, all sorts of addiction tendencies vanished. So how does it work? Well, we know that these drugs stimulate a receptor called the GLP-1 receptor. And these receptors are in the brain, in the reward center, in the hippocampus. And so by stimulating them, they may actually reduce the reward gleaned from these kind of addictive behaviors. So that is one mechanism which might be studied further to prove that this is the connection between the two. But remember, addictive behaviors have multiple reasons and it's a very complex uh, condition. So it's not going to be a one answer as simple as taking this injection. But it's easy to see why this medication could be seen as a holy grail for the treatment of addiction. There is currently no medication that can help people with alcoholism. Substance abuse affects hundreds of thousands of people in the UK and Ireland. So could it be a real game changer if this works? We're always seeking effective treatments for patients suffering from those conditions and the harm from those conditions. So we can really be hopeful that there may be something here that we can pursue. But I would like to caution that there are some tried and proven uh, treatments for these addictions and to really talk to your healthcare professional or doctor and see what is right for you. These are all anecdotes, as hopeful as they are. Uh, they are not proven to be true as yet. Right. And we will learn more as we study the drugs. Still to come on the Sunday 7, broadcaster Nada Monchetti opens up about a painful condition and Ireland ruffles feathers over new alcohol health warning labels. A few months ago, Radio 5 Live presenter Naga Monchetti was told she has adenomyosis, a condition where cells that line the uterus grow deep into the muscular wall of the womb. Right now, as I sit here talking to you, I'm in pain. Constant, nagging pain. In my uterus, around my pelvis. Sometimes it runs down my thighs. And I'll have some level of pain for the entire show and for the rest of the day, until I go to sleep. Every so often the pain changes it becomes a stabbing pain that takes my breath away. And I can do nothing but sit with it for a minute or curl up to cope. It has caused her years of pain and heavy, frequent periods. Periods that made me pass out, sweat, cry, moan, groan, curled up in a tight ball, having to sleep on a towel. I'm in pain because I have something called adenomyosis. One in ten women is thought to have adenomyosis, yet it can often go undiagnosed for years. It's been described as the evil twin sister of endometriosis, a condition where tissue similar to the lining of the uterus grows outside the uterus. Jen Moore from Cambridge had a hysterectomy very recently to treat this. Naga recorded an interview with her in the days leading up to the surgery. It feels like I have a bowling ball sat inside my pelvis that's just pushing out on the bones from the inside out trying to break them. They'd be looking to do a hysterectomy now as as the kind of definitive option to get rid of it. How do you feel about that? I know it's the right decision for me and my body. That is 
not in any question for me. But it's still um, a big, it's a massive decision, isn't it, at any age. Like Naga, Jen's symptoms began as a teenager when she started her periods. When the family sought medical help, Jen was put on the contraceptive pill to regulate her hormones and sent home with no other investigations or diagnosis. Awareness about the condition among healthcare professionals is improving, but it can be difficult to join the dots and make a speedy diagnosis because the symptoms can be mistaken for other things and can vary between women. Consultant gynaecologist Liza Ball spoke to Naga on BBC Radio 5 Live and said this. Making the diagnosis is not rocket science. As a doctor, I'd be listening out for certain things in, in a patient history. For instance, I would listening be listening out for the painful and heavy periods. Um, there is oftentimes description of some dragging heavy sensation in the pelvis. And women often complain of pain after sex because if the wall of the womb is bruised and that gets hit, the pain sometimes shows itself afterwards. This not being believed, the um, experience of adenomyosis being normalized as part of the female experience, this feels so wrong. This feels so wrong. So what is the treatment options? Contraceptives can be tried to see if they lessen the symptoms, but for some women, surgery to remove the womb, a hysterectomy, is the only solution. So first of all, adenomyosis is associated with an overproduction of pain hormones, of prostaglandins, which are the molecules that are also causing labour pain. And anti-inflammatories are useful medications, and here I'm talking about the uh, neurofen family, in blocking the production of these prostaglandins. And a non-hormonal treatment to reduce the bleeding by up to 50% would be a medication called tranexamic acid. Mm -hmm. And this medication interferes with the body's own clot busting system, and it ensures that the healthy blood stays in the body and doesn't get lost. We now have TENS unit technology. There is a TENS unit called Menstrual Relax that uses both electricity and heat to help with the pain. So that would be for people who are not keen on taking any hormones and want to keep their warm. With the highest rates of cancer in Europe, health warnings labels have been approved for alcohol products in Ireland. The new regulations were signed off on Monday morning, ensuring that alcohol content, calories and the risks of liver disease and cancers are clearly spelled out for consumers. Alcohol is a group one carcinogen and can cause at least seven types of cancer. It's what's known as a modifiable risk factor. The less you drink, the lower the risk. Alcohol is also associated with liver and cardiovascular disease. And Rachel Mark from the Irish Cancer Society says risks are often unknown or overlooked. Words like nanny state um, have been used um, in the discussions up to this point. Um, really it's not making the decision for people, it's just giving people information so that they can make the decision themselves. The labels will not be mandatory until May 2026, but already Ireland's plan has faced protests from Italy, Spain and six other EU member states that have said it could cause problems within the single market. Speaking to Sky News, already Italy's biggest farmers association even described the new regulations as a direct attack. We consider this a dangerous precedent at European level. 
and uh, we think that these terrifying warning labels are not uh, the right way to inform uh, properly the consumer. If these will be followed by other member states in particular, they will be very damaging for the, for the Italian wine industry and exporters in particular. The Italian government is furious, but the Irish are determined to go ahead and they have the full support of health campaigners. This is Florence Bertaletti from the European Alcohol Policy Alliance. It is the first in the world and this is why Ireland is a hero for the rest of the world. The science is very clear. Alcohol causes cancer. It is about telling the truth and it's about the people's right to know. Still to come on the Sunday 7, the first Saudi woman in space and why we're running out of sand. Right after this. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to The Sunday 7. Follow us for your weekday news espresso or maybe try our UK edition. It's all in the usual places. It's the biggest fine ever issued for a breach of the GDPR. Meta, the owner of WhatsApp, Instagram and Facebook, has been slapped with a record fine of 1.2 billion euro by the Irish Data Protection Regulator. The hefty fine is for transferring European users' data to the US for processing, despite a 2020 verdict which already said the data was not being properly protected. To get more details, we chatted with resident technologist Will Guyatt. Will, good to have you back. So, Meta has just been handed a huge fine. What happened here and what exactly were the rules they broke? And this is all about Meta, the owners of Facebook, uh, transferring data from Europe, from the EU, and processing that data in the US. So essentially sending information about users in Europe in bulk to servers in the US. And they've been repeatedly warned to stop doing this. What kind of data was it and why does it matter where it's held? This is everything from the information that's used to target us through to... Uh, you know, how we're using the platform, all this sort of behavioural stuff. And we as consumers, we haven't said we explicitly allow them to do this. Will any of this impact their user experience of meta products like Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp? I think what will happen here and what is intriguing here, because this does impact
that their advertising revenue and Facebook's ad revenue is already being impacted. They're going to want to come up with a solution as quick as they can in order to ensure that they don't lose huge amounts of ad money from this and they don't find their business massively impacted. So what does this mean outside of Meta? What does it mean for general policy and other social platforms? This potentially leaves nearly every tech company who operates in the US but has has servers in the UK or Europe at risk of similar fines because all of those companies do similar things. On Sunday, SpaceX's second private flight sent passengers rocketing towards the International Space Station as the AX-2 spaceship took to the skies. It also went down in history, carrying Saudi Arabia's first astronauts in decades, as well as the country's first woman to go to space, breast cancer researcher Rena Barnawi. I've worked for the past 10 years as a researcher, so research has been my passion in life. I have uh, worked on stem cells and tissue re-engineering, and I'm very happy and honored to be here today representing the government of Saudi Arabia and the Saudi Space Commission as the, um, the first Saudi women astronaut going to the International Space Station. The private mission to the ISS organized by Axiom Space is the first commercial human space flight to include both private astronauts and astronauts representing foreign governments. Once aboard the orbiting lab, the team will spend 10 days carrying out around 20 different experiments, including studying behavior of stem cells in zero gravity. They'll be joining seven other astronauts already on board, three Russians, three Americans and an Emirati astronaut. For Axiom Space, the mission marks the latest step towards the ambitious goal, the construction of its own space station with the first module expected to launch in 2025. If there's one natural resource you'd think we'd never run out of, it's sand. It's all around us, it covers large patches of the Earth's surface and we use about 50 billion tonnes of it every single year. It's a vital ingredient in the manufacture of glass and concrete and it's the foundation of modern civilization. If you're in any sort of urban area right now, most of the buildings that you're looking at are going to be made mostly out of concrete. And concrete is really nothing but sand and gravel that's been glued together with cement. This is Vincent Beiser. He's a journalist and author of the book, The World in a Grain. Also, the roads that connect all those buildings are more sand that's been stuck together with asphalt. The windows, the glass in every one of those buildings, glass is nothing but melted down sand. And even the silicon chips that power our computers and our smartphones, those things are also made from sand. And the bad news is we're running out of sand. In his book, Beiser tells the story of riverbeds, beaches and floodplains stripped bare to get at the sand we need to build our booming cities, all at the cost of enormous environmental and social damage. But we have deserts full of the stuff. How can we be running out of sand? According to a UN environmental report, the mining of sand and gravel now greatly exceeds their natural renewal rates. This is geologist David Spears talking to Al Jazeera. We use millions and millions of tons of concrete every year, especially in the developing world, uh, China, for example, in the pa- they say in the past four years has used as much concrete as the United States has used since it was formed. And that's not all. It turns out not all sand is created equal. There are differences in the shapes of the sand grains, the composition, the actual minerals that the sand grains are composed of, 
and there are differences in the actual size distribution of the sand grains. Shipping sand in bulk is an option, but over long distances can be very expensive. One example is Dubai, the, the large construction projects that have been happening uh, in that part of the world. Um, surrounded by desert, sandy desert, but it's not the right kind of sand. So they've had to either dredge sand from offshore or import sand from, from Europe or other places. And so um, the costs can become prohibitive. So what's the solution? After years of researching and writing, this is Vincent Beiser's take. Sand is the most abundant thing on the planet. If we're running short on that, which we are, that tells you that we're really in trouble. This has been the Sunday 7. However you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7 Ireland edition. Have a great rest of the weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Kira from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. Just to let you know, we're pausing this podcast from Friday the 25th of August, but you can still get up to speed in just seven minutes if you search the Smart 7 and catch up with our UK edition. Thanks for listening.